You're listening to a Brain Stew Fresh Fright Review. Creeps, and welcome to the first Epic Film Guys Fresh Fright Review of 2024. I am Justin. I'm B-Ready. And we're here to talk about the first new horror movie that landed in theaters last week upon this recording from Blumhouse and Atomic Monster, mm-hmm. a little movie called Night Swim. And hmm. yeah, yeah, you and I had the opportunity to see it. Jeremy will not be seeing it until much after this recording drops for you. So, uh, yeah, he's not here for that. But we saw it, and I was thinking about last year at this time, Brady. This time last year, uh, the date of this release of this episode will land directly one year after we released our review on Megan, which was another Blumhouse release. And that movie... M3gan. M3gan, yeah. And that movie was huge it was massive it was a big success for blumhouse a lot of people saw it a lot of people liked it including myself i had a lot of fun with it it did not make it on my top five of the year if you guys haven't listened to that yet you can check out our top five horror movies of 2023 episode that is up right now but uh i liked it a lot and it was profitable and (laughs) uh, fast forward a year later brady and <laughs> what we're being offered is Night Swim. Uh, yeah, so, it's kind of hard to believe. Yeah, uh, not not the best outing right out of the gate for the horror genre. Uh, we were just talking about how we were hoping that 2024 would be a better year than 2023, <laughs> and it's definitely not off to a good start. Yeah, but we're gonna get into that here. Pretty, uh, did you have any anticipation at all for Night Swim? No, not really. And I'm going to be honest. I was hoping we would avoid this movie. I was hoping that we could just kind of like fly on the radar. And no. It would be like, oh, it's the new year. I was just down there. We're so happy Brady came to visit us. Maybe we're not going to do Night Swim. And then Justin texted me and you're like, hey, you're going to do Night Swim? Maybe you can watch it this weekend. And I said, yeah, sure. Listen, I don't think that's how it went at all. <laughs> you brought it up to me like, oh, are we going to do Night Swim? And I said, of course we're going to do Night Swim because it is the first big theatrical yeah, release it of it's the also, horror genre. It's also the first film from the merger of James Bond's Atomic Monster and Blumhouse uh, since they did that three-way merger with, I think it's Comcast as well. Um, so that's that's exciting in itself. You know, you uh, and I are yeah, huge, I mean, huge James Bond fans. Uh, uh, you know, we're, if it's we're any indication, Blumhouse. Yeah, if it's any indication as to the level of quality we'll be getting from this merger, uh, my excitement level may be starting to, uh, well, we'll see. I don't know. Uh, I'll try to be optimistic about this. But, you know, James Wan, fully done with Warner Brothers, though, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with his Conjuring universe and everything he's done with the Warners over there. Um, yeah, real, because... real quick, what do you think of that? Like, you saw Aquaman too, right? I did. We did not review it on the show or anything. We weren't on time or anything with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did get offered a press screening of Aquaman. Unfortunately, it was literally the day before it came out. So usually in those circumstances or situations rather where 
the press screening is the day before it comes out. I usually don't make the trek because sometimes they, I have to travel quite far. I did want to see Aquaman, too, because I liked the first Aquaman. I think that James Wan has a great eye for action. Uh, you know, he's shown that with the first Aquaman and the Fast and Furious movie that he made. So I was excited to see it. I mean, we knew, you know, through the grapevine for months that uh, test screenings of the movie did not go as planned. And Warner Brothers was basically just throwing it in the dumpster. Little to no promotion. They didn't even do a premiere for the movie. But, you know, a lot of people shit on it. And I walked out being, you know, moderately entertained by it. I think it wasn't a bad movie. It wasn't great by any means and nowhere near as good as the best of the DCEU movies. But I, I was, you know. I think it was decent for what it was, knowing what it was and what it had to go through. I think Juan did a journeyman's job making it. So, um, okay. unfortunately, now that he's done with Warner Brothers, that means no possibility for a Malignant 2, which, Ugh. for me at least, is a massive fucking bummer. It is. I mean, I wasn't on that episode. I know that was you and Jeremy, and you you guys were very split, much like the, the horror community, but I loved Malignant. I thought it was a, a blast. I thought it was just, you know, great 90s era type film uh so it is it is kind of sad that we're not going to get a second one but hey he's got more time to do whatever else the fuck he's going to do with jason blum so yeah uh very true so night swim Ugh, let's just do it you want, I, there I got are... a synopsis good go for it That's, <laughs> yeah. i was just about to introduce your synopsis so feel yeah. free uh, so, uh, Night Swim 2024, uh, after an illness derails his professional athletic career, Ray Waller and his family move into a new home in a suburban neighborhood only to find out that their swimming pool is haunted, question mark, uh, directed by Bryce McGuire based off of a short film that he and Rod Blackhurst made in 2014. Um, did you happen to watch that short st- film at all? No. Four minutes long. You know it's, damn well when you ask me that <laughs> I question, was just I'm always going to say no. I was trying to give you the benefit of the doubt. It's four minutes long. Uh, it's not bad. It's uh, You can watch that and see how a studio would have been like, yeah, th- this could this could be something. Um, I saw a couple of thumbnails on YouTube that were like, oh, this is the movie that freaked out James Wan. I don't know if that's true. Uh, there's not a lot that happens in it. It's just basically the short film is a woman swimming. She goes underwater. She sees a shadowy figure comes up, there's nothing there, goes back down, comes back up, the shadowy figure is there, she tries to get out, it walks towards her, she disappears underneath, and then lights go out, they come back on, pool is empty. That's it. So, you know, gives you a lot to think about, uh, gives you more questions than answers, and then has potential for something. Uh, So can definitely see where they saw something in that to make a movie. Uh, (laughs) If that panned out, into a great idea for a two-hour-long film. I guess we're going to find out. Oh, yeah, 100%. I, I, I liked the concept very much so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's very ripe in terms of what you could do with it. The possibilities are there. Yeah. If, you know, if what they did with the execution of the movie conveyed that, we're going to be talking about that. But so... Initial I didn't thoughts. have any yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I, I didn't have any anticipation for this at all. I thought the first trailer looked extremely weak. Mm. Uh, but the second trailer, I was like, well, okay, uh, you know, a couple spooky looking images in there, underwater stuff. I'm always into that. So um, you know, in terms of the cast, I love Wyatt Russell. I mean, thinking about Kurt Russell's son being in a horror oh, movie, I loved yeah. him in Overlord. And I've loved him in pretty much everything I've seen him in. So you know, I gave the benefit of the doubt, you know, decent cast here. But my initial thoughts are, 
you know, just be careful if you go to see this movie because it's so fucking tedious you might just drown in boredom from it. I was extremely bored by Night yeah. Swim. I, 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 the movie needed a good jolt, something big to really hit you hard, uh, not necessarily in the first act, but at least a, a halfway through the movie to really keep you going. And unfortunately, while there is some decent spooky imagery when they go underwater, these lost souls that are sucked into this pool, they don't ever do much with it. There's no backstory. There's not really uh, any in-depth reason as to why. It's very, you know, thrown at you and thrown away, rather, like the reasoning behind why this is all happening. And it's not really all that scary. And I think the majority of the stuff we see in this, we've seen in so many other movies, mm-hmm. done so much better. I mean, literally, this is the Amityville horror. Don't say it. In a pool. Don't say it. Oh, without, without Ryan Reynolds' abs. I mean, seriously, though. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, there's not much else to say about initial thoughts there. I just went along for the ride and definitely checked my watch a few times, which is an indication to me that the movie just doesn't have me. Well, just to echo that, you know, not that this is saying much since apparently this happens a lot. I was falling asleep during it. Uh, And I just, I don't know. Like I didn't watch really any trailers. I think Jeremy put it in our group chat a couple weeks ago and I just kind of casually looked at it and didn't think much of it. I said, this looks really dumb. Uh, here we are weeks later reviewing it. Um, it's, it is, like you said, an interesting concept. Like on paper, it sounds like it could work, right? Like if it's done right, it's in the right hands, James Wan. And as much as I shit on Jason Blum, you know, he has it down to a science essentially with these low budget horror films. Um, and, you know, I guess the success of that, when you look at it comes from, he can make enough lower budget horror films uh, that if they do bomb, you're not getting fucked completely. So he can just keep making them, right? So oh yeah, got, I mean he's got quantity over quality at this point, but it's worked for him. Yeah, we um, talked about the business model plenty. I mean, the movie yeah. made seventeen point seven million as of this recording on fifteen million dollars. So at this it's point, it hasn't yeah. it hasn't failed. I mean, typically it would have to double its budget in order to be considered a quote unquote success. Sure, but it did not bomb. I mean, it was uh, number two at the box office after Wonka. Right. So, but watching this man, like what a vapid, uninspired, cumbersome movie. Like it's I, the only thing I could think the entire time and even at the end in the car was there was nothing remotely scary. Like nothing in what made you invested about it. And and how the fuck do you even market that as a horror film? Like, yeah, it, I mean it was more of a, a dramatic tale of a family going through monumental change. But and then you throw in a pool that haunts people and there are so many questions and it's it's a horror movie i get it like logic can go out the window sometimes suspension of disbelief but like there are so many plot holes in this that it just didn't make sense and and then i love wyatt russell too i think in the falcon and the winter soldier he's great i think overlord he's great as well he he's no slouch like he's not just a nepo baby like he can stand on his own and for him to take this role and and give the performance that he did as that character it just makes me wonder what he was thinking like, is he, did he just need a paycheck? Uh, but the characters, not just him, were fucking paper thin. And then this entity, oh, yeah. a.k.a. the swimming pool, was so painfully devoid of any sense of fear or suspense or really, like, the not to get too far ahead, but there's there's a character, the bloated man in the pool. 
that was just funny. It looked like Shrek or Drax from from Guardians of the Galaxy. And <laughs> you know what? I was like, is that Batista? <laughs> Brady, I actually really liked the bloated man. <laughs> oh, no. <Come laughs> yeah, on. when I saw it, I was like, oh. Uh, you know, because uh, to me, I was thinking, I know this is a side tangent or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I'm screening the, the remake of 13 Ghosts at the end of this month yeah, at Alamo Drafthouse. Right? And... There's a different look and personality and backstory to each one of those ghosts in that movie, which makes it like, you know, them fleshed out. Like they they put the time in to make them memorable. And when I saw the bloated man, I was like, oh, cool design, because they definitely went out of their way to try to give a different, a slightly different look to each one of the spirits that are trapped within the pool. They just, you know, gloss over very quickly in a very small montage of one of the characters looking through old newspapers, uh, digitally yeah. rather, and to try to find out w- the history of this pool and all the people that have been sucked into it. Uh, it would have been cool had you added like five or ten minutes onto the, the runtime. I would probably say five, not ten. Ten's too long. Five but to give a, give a little more backstory, to, to add some emphasis to these these lost souls that are stuck in this pool and make them a little bit more frightening. I think the opening, Brady, which is set in 1992, where we see a young girl go out to her family pool to retrieve uh, a toy boat that belongs to her very sick brother. Mm -hmm. And she's trying to get the boat and something pulls her into the water. I felt like the opening sequence was actually decently effective. I didn't, I, I wasn't scared. But I thought in terms of atmosphere and presentation, you know, we've seen it all before. It's not like it was this epic, new, fresh, inventive thing. But I was like, okay, this this could work. The problem is, and I mean, there's not much else to talk about in the movie, Brady, except for what happens when they go in the pool, right? Mm -hmm. So we have three characters Eve Waller, played by Carrie Condon. Izzy Waller, played by Emily... I can't say her last name. Yeah, yeah, just go for it. Horfili? Uh, Horfili. Yeah, um, yeah, that was, that was better than mine. And, yeah. and, and Elliot Waller, played by Gavin Warren, who I think, honestly, I, I feel like his performance is probably my favorite in the movie. Oh, I hated um, it. I, see, those three, <laughs> those three all go into the pool and all experience something that frightens them, that tries to pull them in. And... Each time, Brady, it's literally the same fucking thing that happens to them. They get pulled in. There's an entity that's trying to suck them in, Mm -hmm. and then nothing happens to them. They're not cut. They're not badly bruised. They're not harmed in any way. They get out, and they're just frightened. And I felt like the movie lacked punch. It lacked a true threat. We needed someone. We need to see, aside from the opening, which is the main little girl which we see later on in the movie. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Yeah. We needed to see someone current day, present day, within the timeline of this story that we're being, we're watching, to be killed. We need to see, like, they should have just had, like, a kid that came by to play with one of the other kids. Like, so, for example, like, Izzy's boyfriend. Izzy's boyfriend, right? Okay. They could have sucked him into the fucking pool and, you know, give me a little bit of blood or gore or something. You yeah, know, I just mean, make the, it feel threatening. The closest we get is probably, I'd say, the climax of the movie is, is the pool party. So they invite everybody over. The fa- all these families are inside. There's some really 
buff dude that all I could think of was like, that's going to be Justin later on in life. Uh, <laughs> but he's like playing uh, chicken and, thinking. and he's like demolishing all these people playing chicken. But Dude, there's uh, steroid Shrek. That's what <laughs> yeah, he called them. Shrek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Ray, Wyatt Russell's character, gets in um, to the pool with, um, I forget the kid's name, but the it's the coach. It's it's son. it's the baseball coach's son, yeah. Who's yeah. like enamored by he's Ray a, well, because he's a baseball player, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so he, you know, they're playing chicken, they win, but then it's like the the pool starts pulling Ray down and is holding him there, and and then he's also pulling the kid down with him. So that was a little tense, but you know, the entire time it's it's kind of, uh, its legs got cut out from under it because Elliot is like filming this pool party like a fucking creep. And he's just like watching all these people. Then he's like, oh my God, my dad's drowning this kid. He runs out there, just goes straight to the mom and goes, mom, the pool. And as the mom's going to know exactly what to do. So she goes running out there and then, you know, they jump in, save the kid. They save, they save Wyatt Russell's Ray. And then nothing happens. Like the kid has bruises on his legs, but, but that was the scariest you get with the pool. That's the closest you get. I, to I will. I will agree with you on that. I think that that scene was the only scene in the movie where I felt any sense of suspense at all whatsoever. And so I, he, I, I, I will admit it. I did feel that scene was very effective. And it's hard to do a scene like that during the day in broad daylight. But I thought, you know, just the the idea of a child drowning. Well, I wanted to ask. Is you very too. terrifying. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. So. I don't know if you got this same thought. I was hoping you would because of the movie, but another scene, especially here, that comes to mind is it's that underwater shot of everybody playing, the legs, it's in the daytime. All I could think of was Jaws. And oh, yeah. Al- yeah. And Alex yeah, it's it's definitely, there's there are so a that, couple of homages to Jaws. That made me yeah. look up a couple things, and there are a ton of movies that uh, McGuire lists as influences i'm gonna run them by you and i want you to see say yes or no real quick speed round if you think you agree with that you saw this in the movie so first one poltergeist yes or no yes creature from black lagoon yes jaws yes christine that's a no uh, pause night of the hunter no <laughs> the abyss it's been so long since I saw. I can't comment. Not the until I get the new four K. It's just the fucking water. That's all. It is. I know. I know. I know. But I'm just saying. No. But okay. That's, y- yes. Like, oh, sure. Sure. Right. Sure. Uh, Whatever. So There's fucking like, water. So yeah. <laughs> that's what he listed. He also says that the film is semi autobiographical uh, because he said it was a connection to his childhood and adolescence because he grew up in Florida. He said I was surrounded by ocean on three sides in a climate that can only be really survived by partaking in water ritual. Okay. You lived in Florida. It's not that big of a deal. Well, I mean, drowned, uh, hey, listen. Flooded homes, boating accidents, yeah. shark it's, attacks. Again, you experience a lot, but I, I think like that's, that's a lot to attach to the film that you gave us, <laughs> of bodies, spirits inhabiting a a pool, because a pool that's the water in it is basically so, like from a natural spring from the town about, that has this that history. Too. So yeah, the the water. In this, and, and they, they give you a little bit of plot development when, like, a, a tech comes out, and he's like, oh, I, you know, we never see pools that are have spring water, natural spring water. It's hooked up over here. And you're like, oh, ha-ha moment. So let me ask you this. Was he supposed to be the comedy relief in the movie? Because that was, dude he's was... the only part that I laughed when I was supposed to laugh. <laughs> Everything else I laughed at, you were not supposed to laugh at, I don't think. Okay. All right. Um, well, yeah, Daniel laughed, too. I, I did. I just was like, okay, token he, stoner guy. So what happened? So, you know, 
the pool itself, that water is is bad, and that that water it, it, it wants food. So does that mean that like their shower does too? Because later on in the movie, towards the end, spoiler alert, one of the kids pours a glass of water and it it spins and then forces itself off of the counter to create a hazard. So is it safe to say that all the water in this fucking house is trying to kill something? I, I would have to assume, based on the look of the house and the age of the house, that they had a fucking well, Brady. Um, <laughs> we possibly, well yeah. Um, or I mean, public water. I have no idea. I I just read the explanation as only the water in the pool came from that spring. But then, she, when she pours water from the sink, it swirls and acts up. Or when Elliot does. So I'm I'm with you until that part in the third act. Possibly just a plot hole. I mean, because think of this, uh, how much more effective the movie would have been, not saying we need another shower scene or another bathtub scene or anything like that. But you are correct. Uh, it, it would have been more interesting if the water was specifically connected to that home, not just the pool, but the house as well. Sure. Th- that could have given them even more things they could have done in the movie where you know you're taking you're fucking brushing your teeth and the water comes up and tries <laughs> right, to strangle right, right. you or fucking shove the tooth toothbrush down your throat anything <laughs> would have been more entertaining than brush because of the pool i mean yes there was that yeah but i mean yes all those influences that you stated i could see them there and you know camera work was decent in the movie i can't totally shit on from a from a technical standpoint you know the movie was it, it didn't look terrible mm-hmm. by any means. Uh, cinematography no, was decent to the movie. It looked like pretty much every modern uh, horror movie that comes out these days. Cinematography, Charlie Seraph, uh, who did Smile from 2022. So th- that movie looked good. Yeah. Uh, he did Relic from 2020 as well. I like that one. Uh, that one was good. So I mean, the music by Mark Corvin was decent as well. I got to give. I mean, it's, it wasn't great. It wasn't memorable. But I mean, Corvin he, did uh, Black Phone, right? That's correct. He did yeah, the yeah. Black Phone. So um, also the Lighthouse. Uh, yeah, 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 the, yeah. So it's good, good pedigree there in terms of the music of the movie. I think the problem is Brady. What it boils down to is the movie was just generic as fuck. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Um, at the end of the movie, I'm jumping forward, but. Mm. I'm not sure there's much else for for us to talk about. But when I see, and again, the point of Christine being an influence, I see that, you know, the water inhabits a person. It, 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 if they have a problem, the water will take care of it. You have to provide a sacrifice in order for you to gain what the water will, will give you as basically as a, a gift of some kind. And then you become possessed by it. There's not much explanation as to what that really means, but so Ray Waller, Wyatt Russell's character, at the end of the movie, when he starts to become deeper and deeper into this thing, it starts taking further control of him. It's the most generic thing you could possibly do. Oh, God, I'm possessed. (laughs) I have black shit goo running out of my eyeballs and I'm pale white. I literally about shit myself because I was like, are they really going to do this? Because this is the moment where you could have done something original to set yourself apart, at least visually from everything else that came before, because the rest of the fucking movie we've seen before and done much, much better other places. 
I mean, the moment you, I saw that, I was could, like, oh, it just that was it for me. You could have turned it even into a shark type movie, like that same aesthetic, that same <laughs> feel. Not <laughs> Can you that, imagine a fucking <laughs> shark shows up at the end. It was, still would have been more entertaining than what dude, we got. We've all seen Ghost Shark, hopefully on Sci Fi Channel. Uh, but you know, you could have done this thing where you contain it to just the pool. And so any maybe any time that Ray is in the pool, he is taken over by this thing, and then he's like trying to drown his children, right? Because that's a scary thought. Is you know when you see a pool in a horror movie, you think, okay, it preys on that fear of is my child going to die? So in the beginning, the opening scene with Rebecca, that's all I could think of is like, yeah, when I was little, like we weren't allowed to go up to our neighbor's house because they had a pool, and our parents were afraid that we were just going to fall in and drown, and that's what you're led to believe happens with Rebecca until you get halfway through the fucking movie and then they introduce her mother. And uh, so spoiler alert for this movie, essentially what we are made to believe is that, is that this water is an entity that needs to eat and it needs to feed on people. And what it does is it preys on people's fears to make them sacrifice. So for Rebecca, the girl in the beginning, her brother was sick the water apparently, this is my interpretation, went made like took over the mother and was like, hey, your son is really sick. We can fix your son. We're going to heal him if, if you, you give, give us, us your, your daughter. daughter. <laughs> and so she's like, yeah, sure. And then she's like, oh, my son became an ambassador and he's done all these great things. And, and then she pretty much blocks out the entire memory of her daughter. And then her eyes bleed black. Right. And so that was the other thing. That was the other thing about this movie that really stood out was that oh, there's God. what blood do you see? Except for when the daughter in the final cuts her scene hand. cuts her hand. Okay. Has, uh, all right. There's no blood. No, there's blood. There's blood when she cuts her hand. Other than that. Right, so, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll give it this because I want to give it as many pointers as I possibly can. <laughs> I liked her cutting her hand on the glass. Well, that, that was the only me, scene that you went, ooh, ooh. That to me is them literally just pussing out on being able to do anything remotely, you know, unnerving or frightening. I mean, the movie was PG-13. Yeah. We've seen other movies in recent memory that are of the same rating where they went as far as they possibly could with it mm-hmm. and showed some serious shit. And that went pretty hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, th- I, th- I feel like they held back a lot. And I understand... The movie, they're trying to do something more about atmosphere and presentation. And, and, and unfortunately, reliant on jump scares, which mm-hmm. has been a pet peeve of mine for the last, I mean, I don't know, my whole fucking life watching movies, <laughs> but rather m- more like the last 10 years of me doing this podcast and reviewing them. You know, jump scares can be effective. I like a good jump scare if it lands. Here's my barometer. I take my wife, Danielle, and if she jumps, I know it's effective because it's very rare when I get hit with one. Sometimes it does, and I love it. It makes me super excited. I mean, uh, The Night House from a few years ago, David Bruckner, that movie had one that was one of the best of all time, and I jumped out of my fucking seat. So they land once in a while. This movie did not have a single jump scare that did even remotely anything. My wife didn't even fucking nod her head at one or anything she didn't flinch and i looked around at the audience i always do that like to kind of grasp the mood in the room and there's quite a few people uh that were sitting there watching the movie in alamo winchester and i didn't notice anyone react no one shrieked 
nothing not a single peep no one moved i just think the movie was devoid of any real atmosphere except for visually it just didn't have a feel to it you know what i mean yeah and it had that same drab fucking look that i'm so sick of every single modern horror movie having like literally like it, it just was devoid of color for the majority of it, except for the day when they did the pool party mm-hmm. or when they're doing like you know baseball practice it just looked like just ugly you know what i mean yeah no i agree and i like that you bring up the, up the night house because there were parts of this movie that made me feel like that's what they were going for and maybe it's just because the night house had the water the the sound design but what was great about the night house and is so different from night swim is that night house did it correctly and they combined the score they combined the sound effects they combined the jump scares to make it impactful and this one they were just trying to get you in every single moment that they could pull the camera away and bring it back really fast like i don't know how many fucking times i can sit there and watch somebody go underwater in the pool and then look up through the water and see a shadowy figure yeah at at some point it's gonna get old and it's it's like whoever made this film was like nah they're gonna they're not gonna believe it this time like we got them on this one well, that was my point earlier on in the review, Brady, is that if they had have done something, a serious threat, we would have seen somebody get sucked in present day within the timeline of this story. Like, you know, say Izzy had a few girlfriends over from school. I know they were new at that school and everything, but she had friends because it's a pool party. Clearly, right. yeah. she's got friends. Um, Elliot, not so much. But oh, Poor Elliot. Well, that's when bring- the dad was going to sacrifice him. He was like, life's going to be hard for him. You know, Let's just let the pool eat him. My son sucks. My son you know? is awful. Let's just <laughs> my son's go. the worst. I got you. And I think all they're doing really, and I guess we'll see in a couple of years, is just laying the groundwork for a second one. Because I can't think of any other reason why you would present these characters with, with no fucking depth to them. And then here's, here's the other thing. So again, spoiler alert, Ray is supposed to <laughs> here's the other weird thing with with the water so rebecca's mother says basically like love is sacrifice right so in order for me to save my son i had to sacrifice my daughter i don't think the water really needs that i think that's just what the water is convincing characters that it needs to do in order to get its food but ray is supposed to be healed of his ms diagnosis and he's you know thinking i can i can come out of retirement i can start playing baseball again but i'm going to have to sacrifice my son so at the end out of nowhere, he's been taken over by the water, which makes me think that he has no concept of what's going on. He he throws up the black water and then he goes, I need to sacrifice myself. Doesn't say anything. Dude. Nobody tells him. The way the way he in. snaps the way he snaps from possessed by the water to not possessed by the water, just from his daughter yelling, Dad, Dad, I know you're in there. That's literally all she said, and he switched that quickly was absolute bullshit. It was all done within like 10 fucking seconds. What do you think the conversation is going to be when he has dinner with Goldie and Kurt? Like, he's like, did you guys see Night Swim? Uh, Honestly, (laughs) I don't think they watch all of his movies. I really don't think. (laughs) I mean, listen, 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 listen. Wyatt and Kurt are on the Monarch show, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the Monsterverse show, and they're having a blast doing it together. You are probably correct in saying that it was a paycheck role, but at the same time, you know, on paper, he may have just thought it was a decent enough script. He hasn't gotten a ton 
of movies where he's literally like the main character. So another opportunity. Uh, this could have been another possible franchise for him had it done well. Sure. I mean, it, yeah. it's right now it's doing fine, but I, I don't know if a sequel is going to happen with this box office. But, you know, I, I think he did a, a, a fine job. He was OK in the movie. I don't think he was bad. I just think the, the acting all around in the movie was just kind of like subpar. You know, even dude, even Carrie Condon, who is in the movie and she's a fantastic actor. She was in the Banshees of Inishirin. Yep. She's done a shitload, a shitload of uh, movies. What is it? The one I know her from is, um, oh, fuck. Three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Dude, I love that movie. She's in Better Call Saul. I mean, Ray Donovan going on and on and on. There's a ton of stuff she's done. I love her. And I just felt like she was kind of a wet blanket in the movie. Again, this could just boil down to, number one, weak fucking script, which is very clear. Number two, I mean, we can talk about Brian Mag- or Bryce McGuire, sorry, misspoke mm-hmm. there. Bryce McGuire, the director, who also came up with the initial concept and did the short film. This is his first actual full-length motion picture in terms of what I could find. I think he's just done a lot of shorts. So, yeah. I mean, he's done a lot of shorts and some other stuff, but he hasn't done like a big, bigger budget theatrical release movie. Sure, so, and I and I think it's also kind of what we went into last year with with um, the Boogeyman, and I, and I said on that episode, oh I know, god, I know you that was, it. I landed oh. warm on it, but there, you know, going from a short film or a short story and and drawing it out, like you got to think, Bryce took a four minute short film and took turned it into a two hour film like and say what you want about having to, to cut fat here and there like that's a lot of difference man. technically it was only 98 minutes but oh well, you know what i mean uh <laughs> but it was just like i i don't know and if you if anybody out there has watched the short film like you'll understand like it was a lot that he drew out of that short film to turn into this and it's just i don't know like i sometimes it just works and sometimes it really fucking doesn't and i think this is just one of those times well the movie can, yeah yeah, the movie was drawn out, extremely drawn out. It, it didn't do very much at all in terms of, you know, being effective with the possibilities that were there. I do like, in, to try to switch to the positive, <laughs> right, right. you know, they did do some practical effects in the movie, you sure. know, in terms of the yeah. underwater stuff. Uh, there was some CGI and stuff in there, but, you know, we saw some pretty cool... I, I liked some of the designs of what I'm calling the Trapped Souls within the pool um and you know it it was a combination they used a practical pool they used a tank of course um and i know it's difficult to shoot underwater i actually just watched uh a movie called fatal games for the first time oh yeah Uh, came out from vinegar syndrome on blu-ray love grabbing those old slashers that i never saw or never had the chance to see in that movie which was probably made you know, with fucking peanuts, mm-hmm. 25 fucking cent budget, you know, the underwater stuff in that movie looked actually more interesting overall than what I saw here in this movie. You know, it just, uh, I mean, I, I'm looking right now at one of the character designs and I understand this, that we are not necessarily the target demographic for this movie. We're right. not. This movie, you know, most of what Blumhouse does is throwing together movies for teenagers to go on dates Friday night, hang out, 
and that's where they make their money. That's why it's PG-13. And they'll go. They may not remember the movie. It may be forgettable to them. They may not buy it on fucking Blu-ray or watch it again on Netflix when it's on there. But they'll pay the money, spend the money at the cinema, and watch it. And that's how Blumhouse makes its money. Yeah. That's just, I mean, that's just, that's just how it goes. But that doesn't mean the movie needs to be ineffective mm-hmm. in its premise, its script, its direction, its acting. It scares everything. I think the movie altogether, Brady, just ultimately failed on almost every possible basis it could because to me i want to at least feel something like this attempt at making me feel for these characters just did not happen you know give me someone to root for give me a reason to care show me something threatening and terrifying that's really gonna grip and grab me and it it just didn't do that at all it's it's a fucking dud and it's a terrible start for the horror genre for the start of the year I, i i couldn't be more upset over it but at the same time this happens you know not everything's gonna be good it's like i said it's a january movie man like this if if we're gonna get a movie like this let's get it this month let's get it next month let's just get it out of the way let's say okay the studio knows what it is we all know what it is let's just watch it and get it over with you know yeah i mean i hate to think that any studio at all puts out content or movies rather that they don't feel are good but this is the same fucking studio that put out The Exorcist Believer last year. So Ugh. I'll leave it there, and I will <laughs> not pick up anything further from that subject in yeah. terms all right, all right, I'll be good. Of, I'll be good. I'll be uh, good. We'll see. But I, I think I'm done. Do you have any final thoughts on Night Swim? No, there's not a lot of thought that goes into this one. Just like there wasn't much thought that went into making it. <laughs> right. I hate to say it. It's it's a very unfortunate because, like I said right at the top of the show, I think that the movie, the concept itself, very interesting. Uh, could have done a lot with it. I, I feel bad for all those and all the parties involved, including the director. Uh, I mean, he, he did he did his best job, and apparently, just it did not work out. But. I don't know, man. I just I and I go back and forth even on this episode. Like, I don't. Part of me is like, ah, I don't fault him. You know, he, he took it from this very small concept, very contained concept to this, this large feature. But then, I don't know, like last year, man, like The Outwaters, I, I you know, praised that movie like no other. And, and it made it to my top five of the year. And, and that was on a low budget. And that was his first feature film. And sure, it's found it's, footage it, versus there, this. But like, <sighs> dude, this guy had a $15 million budget. There's really no excuse. You know, not everyone, and that's not to say that he's not, gonna be able to make a good movie at some point this just wasn't it mm-hmm. it wasn't a strong debut let's be very clear about that i think and i think and and here's another i don't hate blumhouse i i hate that they can have a business model that they are allowed to throw out subpar material because they're just doing like i said quantity over quality but for new upcoming directors like bryce like it is a really good production company to go to and say hey like i want to make this and launch my career off of this it's, it's a great opportunity look they let they let him write it yeah they let him come back to write the screenplay he got story credit on it he got to direct it i i give them props for giving young up-and-coming filmmakers that option and that opportunity because there's not a lot of other people out there doing it in terms of the scale because they're giving him a theatrical release. Yeah. There's a lot of low-budget horror out there. You know, a lot of it goes straight to streaming uh, rather than going straight to home video like the old days. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, they're not getting the support. And like this is it's awesome that Blumhouse does that. It really is. What Blumhouse is is the modern equivalent of like fucking, you know, Hammer Films. What Ro- what Hammer Maybe? Films, what Roger Corman Roger did, Corman. so many other yeah. names we could bring up, you know it's all about show business they want to make money and like i said earlier on i mean megan came out this time last year and was a fucking hit and a lot of people liked it myself included it was a very well-made fun horror thriller and this not so much didn't have any fun with it at all and like i said earlier on to me it was (laughs) it was a test in just trying to test how bored i could get it was you know i know very very tedious experience so that's it here for the night swim movie that I mean, we do we watched need to get last to, week do we need oh to we're get to trash it or treasure oh we have to we have to brady i'll let you start off of course we're gonna do it we I have to rate the damn thing i don't think it's gonna be any surprise where i land i i don't know what else i can add to this but it's just like i said there's no character development it's not a compelling script the story is full of plot holes but it also does not give you any fucking reasoning or explanation as to why this water is the way it is, um, which really took me out of it. Wyatt Russell, love you, but this was not a a good career move for you. So like, I really hope something better comes along for you. Um, Yeah. I, I would not, I want everyone to support horror, but like, please like this movie just, I could not watch it again. There's no reason to watch it again. And because of that, I have to trash it. Like, it's fucking awful. It's terrible, really. Like, I, I'm going to yeah. sleep over it. Yeah. I mean, I'm also lock and step with you. I, it's, it's trash. It's a trash. It, um, it didn't piss me off, though. I won't lie about it. it. It didn't frustrate me in the same way that some of the movies from last year that I really didn't like did. It's just, it was just a mediocre experience, you know? It wasn't the worst movie I've ever seen, but it was just so subpar that I just sat through it not feeling a fucking thing. Uh, and I I hope, you know, I, I hope and pray that Bryce McGuire, you know, who seems to have some really interesting ideas for movies, gets an opportunity to m- maybe spread his wings again. And But I think more time in the script would have been made the most difference. I think a better script... And maybe some guidance would have made for a better movie. The, the, I think the bones were there for something decent, and it just didn't even get to that level. So, yeah, trash it for me for Night Swim. Like I said, not the best way to kick off 2024 for the no. horror genre. But, hey, we have so many other movies to look forward to that we're going to be watching, that we're going to be covering on the Epic Film Guys podcast. So we look forward to it, and we hope you're looking forward to it, too. If you like what you're hearing, if you love what you're hearing, if you fucking hate us and wish we would never speak again, feel free to head over to iTunes, leave us a five-star review, tell us all about it. Or if you use Spotify, it's even easier. You don't even have to say anything. You just click the stars. It helps us a lot, reaching more awesome fucking people like yourselves. Also, we're on social media everywhere, at Epic Film Guys on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You look and try to find it, and we're there. Um, we're everywhere. And we're looking forward. Yeah, we're looking forward to lots of the upcoming content that we're going to be providing you guys and patreon stuff and all that good shit so yeah man yeah any any last words after after our night swim review my friend no i think i think my brain is fried 
<laughs> I, I think I think you'll be okay. And, and we did this as, as a sober podcast too. So yeah. Yeah, 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 you know uh, that. Well, you never know. I really wish that I wasn't. Yeah. Well. For this movie. <laughs> for this movie. I, uh, again, <laughs> we almost drowned in boredom watching it. So, yeah. uh, ladies and gentlemen, until next time, I'm Justin. I'm B Ratty. And as always, we'd like to ask you to keep it creepy.